Kings, chapter number 15, we'll begin reading there in just a moment. Who can remember the theme from two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Matthew, what if you only had 12 hours to live? What if you only had 12 hours to live? And we talked about the urgency, the urgency. And uh, we don't have time to waste and if we've wasted time, which I have, um, we've got to redeem time. Only the Lord can help us with that. What if you only had 12 hours to live? What about last week? Who remembers the theme of last week? Say so. Say so. And that was from Psalm 107. Psalm 107, where the psalmist says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And I hope you've had some time to say so this week. I got a very encouraging text message about 10 minutes before church. I won't say who from, but from someone who met a lady on the bus. And uh, I'll give you the name later, maybe. But And said, we started talking about church and Easter Sunday. And I got her number, and I'm going to call her because we didn't get to give all the details. But invited her to church. And I got a text message from somebody else earlier in the week that said, What's the address of both buildings? We've got to give that to people so we can invite them to come. And, and uh, that's just a blessing. And uh, may we all be that. And then Brother Kevin and I did something really spiritual today. We went to a, a Donair place for salad, for salad, for salad, for salad. We both had salads. Our mothers would be very proud of us. Although, you know what? I had to really dig in that box to find green. There wasn't a lot of lettuce. It was a lot of meat. So if you like a really meaty salad, go down to this Donair shop down here on 6th. It's going to be heavy on the meat, light on the green, okay? And, uh, and he met Robbie. Robbie. Pray for Robbie. And uh, had a chance to give him the gospel track and some other people that were passing by. And, of course, the people that were in there. And so uh, may God, maybe God's given you some opportunities in the last seven days to hand out a gospel track or to talk to somebody. And we, we emphasized in that lesson our testimonies. Our testimonies. Not necessarily just going right into, you know, Romans 3.10, Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 5.8, you know, blah, 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 which is fine. But what you, what you were before, did you notice we don't have any polls here now? Who, who noticed that? Look at that. I mean, we are uptown. We are uptown church. We're an uptown church in the upper room. We got no pole over here now. We got it up here. And for those of you that are not in the back, we got a third one back there mounted on this uh, beam right here. And so, yeah, MacGyver did it again, i tell you. Pastor MacGyver, he's really good. And uh, so... Thank you, Pastor Nathan, for putting those up there. Gives us a little bit more room to, I guess, run over there and preach or something. But it is. It's nice. Very nicely done. But we were emphasizing about how, what we were like before we got saved. And some of the things that God allowed in our life can be used to say so. You're not going to believe, you know, this about me, but that was before I met Jesus. And then what did Jesus do for you? That was part two. And then part three was, this is what he does for me now. This is who he is to me now. 
My life has totally, totally been transformed by the power of the gospel. Well, lesson three, lesson three. This is really the heart of everything that we're speaking about in this series, this series called Go. And it is, uh, the theme is the good news. The good news. That's the heart of it. It really is. We have four Gospels in our, four Gospel records, excuse me, in our Bible. But we have one Gospel in our Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? Those are the Gospels. But we have one Gospel. And uh, that's found in, it, it's, it's mentioned in Galatians 1.8. I know you're in 1 Corinthians, so we won't go over Galatians 1.8 right now. But the gospel, the word, is used 98 times in the New Testament. And it means good news. What is this good news? The good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel, is the only hope for a sinful condition to be dealt with. It's the only hope for a sinful condition to receive healing. Because without the gospel, everyone's sinful condition comes with a death penalty. Right? Two times. Physical and spiritual. We thank the Lord for the gospel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight and we thank you for the urgency that you've emphasized in lesson one in our life. I pray that we would not soon forget that urgency. For we don't know who we're meeting and how much time they have. And we don't know how much time we have to, to preach your word as we talked about that as well. Then, Lord, I pray that we would be spirit-filled and we would say so when you tell us to. And then tonight, help us to know the gospel. Help us to live the gospel. Help us to give the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. So it literally means good news. I heard someone say earlier today something like this, that it is not good news for those who do not know about it. It's not good news for people that don't know about it, right? I mean, think about it. You know, if you got a call or if somebody sent you a text and said, did you did you got to turn on the news? You're not going to believe what just happened. It doesn't mean anything to you if you don't know what the news is. Now, a lot of the news today, you know, probably we don't really need to worry about it a whole lot. But I'm just using that as an illustration. The good news is only good to those who know about it. And I pray that we would consider that. We have three lesson aims tonight. Number one to acquaint people with the simplicity and power of the gospel. See, I'll say this again later. The gospel is not man's idea. It is not a Baptist idea. The gospel is God's idea. And so it must be given with God's power. The gospel can't be given in the power of, of me or the power of you. For it to have the impact that it needs to have, it is, it is his message. Now, we need to be holy, 
humble messengers. The Bible calls us ambassadors for Christ. Second lesson aim is to equip believers with the understanding of how to present the gospel to others. And thirdly, to enlist individuals to give the gospel to someone. What's that last word? Do you have the aims in your notes? Immediately. Yeah, maybe we ought to underline that word. Well, I'll give the gospel when I understand it, you know, and completely. Yes, we want to understand it, but we don't have to master the gospel because it's not your presentation and my presentation that's going to bring somebody to salvation. It's going to be the power of the Holy Spirit of God through the Word of God that's going to bring somebody to salvation. Now, I'm all for learning the plan and all of that. And uh, again, I said last week, I was, I think, 12 years old, and our youth pastor just, we learned the plan of salvation, the Romans road, and, I'm, and it's great, it's wonderful. But all of that is just facts and figures and information without the power of God. Uh, it's not going to accomplish what it needs to accomplish. And so we need the power of God. Now, the gospel is for every generation. Praise the Lord for that. The Lord Jesus Christ himself emphasized the gospel. It was a gospel ministry. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. You might say this, the gospel is timeless. It's timeless. Um, how about the early church? If you've been around here for the last few months, you, you know about the book of Acts a little bit more, I hope, than you did before. I know I do. And what was emphasized was the preaching of the gospel time and time and time and time again. The Apostle Paul, he wrote in his letters that the work of the gospel was the work that he had been given to do. Let me just read for you uh, Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 and verse 1. Our text is 1 Corinthians 15. I guess I had you turn there a little bit soon, but <clears throat> if you want to hold your finger there. Romans 1, 1, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. I was, Paul said, I was separated for one purpose, the gospel of God. It is the power of God unto salvation. Verse 16, Paul said, I am not ashamed of it. Think about it. Would we be guilty at times of being ashamed of the name of Jesus Christ? You know, when we get nervous and we get intimidated and fear comes over us and we don't want to talk about the Lord, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Tonight I stand before you in this generation. It is in need of the gospel. This generation, my generation, your generation, even if you're not in my generation, your generation needs the gospel because every generation needs the gospel. Our key verses tonight are verses 3 and 4 of our text. So we're back at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We will be there as well on Sunday, God willing. It is known as the great resurrection chapter of the Bible. 
1 Corinthians 15. There is detail within this chapter about the power of a living Savior. Of a living Savior. Verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the what? Gospel. I, I, which I preached unto you. Which also ye have received. And wherein ye stand. I think that's kind of like receive and believe. You received it, now you're standing in it. By which also ye are saved. You keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Okay, here's our two key verses. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, Paul says, how that Christ died for our sins. This is a key statement, according to the Scriptures. You know, we've said this before. It's more uh, powerful to say when we're talking to people, the Word of God says. That's more powerful than, well, I believe. The Word of God says. How do you know you're going to heaven? How do you know that? You can't. No one can know that. I mean, come on. When you, when you die, it's just going to be, you know, if you, did, if you did enough good, fine, you're going to get in. How do you really know that? Well, the word of God says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, the word of God says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And you know what I'm getting at, okay? More important, that's what he's saying here, according to the scriptures. And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. It is important to understand the gospel of which we preach and speak, again, I'll repeat it, is not the good news from man. It is the best news from God. So everything that we believe about this, Everything that we believe about the gospel has been revealed to us in the word of God. It's not because my pastor told me so. Let's, let's, let's graduate, okay? I'm thankful that we have a pastor. I'm thankful for the pastors of my life. But I'm not going to heaven because my pastor told me so. I'm going to heaven because the word of God told me so. Because sometimes the pastor may say the wrong thing. It'll happen. It's happened, and I'll do it again. God willing, it won't be on purpose, but hey, I'm a human being. I'm going to say the wrong thing. Pray for me, please. I'll tell you this. You open up the word of God, you're never going to read the wrong thing. (laughs) Right? When you share this, you're never sharing the wrong thing. That's why it's not necessarily what I believe, but it's what the Word of God says. Now, I hope we believe what the Word of God says as well. But praise God for the Word of God. So everything that we believe about the person of Christ, everything we believe about our relationship with Him, everything we believe about the local church, everything we believe about heaven and hell, 
Guess what? Everything we believe about these things can be found in the Word of God. It is our source for our faith practice. Our faith is in the Scriptures. Our faith is in the the God of the Scriptures. And uh, it will never return void. I thank the Lord for that. Let's look at the last verse of this famous chapter, please. We'll get to the outline here in a moment. Notice this last verse. In fact, I think Brother Kevin alluded to it in which prayer letter? Was it? Labor's not in vain. Yeah. Look what it says. What is, or it says your labor is not in vain in the work of the Lord, right? Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Not in vain in the Lord. Always abounding, sorry, always abounding in the work of the Lord. You see that statement there? What is the work of the Lord? Well, it's the work of the gospel. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The gospel has done a work in your heart tonight. I pray each and every one of you here tonight if, uh, uh, that, are under, that can understand the gospel, or old enough to understand the gospel, I trust that the word of God has already done a work in your heart and you're on your way to heaven tonight. How, how can we know that we're on our way to heaven? Because of the work of the Lord, which is the work of the gospel in our life. And if you don't know that, if you've never been saved, if you've never trusted Christ as Savior, it's, it must be the working of the Lord in your life. And it is the work of the gospel. It is an eternal work. It is an eternal work. So three things, three things tonight. Here we go. Let's get into this. Three things that we must be done with the good news of the gospel. Number one, here's the challenge. We must, number one, get acquainted with the good news. In other words, we cannot, get, uh, we cannot share with what we do not possess. We cannot share with what we do not understand. Okay? Verses 3 and 4, we read earlier what Paul said. He said, uh, I delivered unto you, first of all, that which... And what's the next three words? I also received. So he could not deliver something that he had not received for himself. This is our theme for the year, really. This is what Paul just said there. And so I wonder tonight, have you received the gospel? Do you know the gospel? What what do we need to know? Number one, we need to know the elements of the gospel. The elements of the gospel. There's three elements of the gospel. We find them in verses 3 and 4. Number one is the death of Christ. That is the first part of the gospel. Jesus Christ died for our sins. Every man, every man and woman, every man and woman born of woman, without obviously the exception of the Lord Jesus, was born with a sin nature. That sin nature brings along with it a penalty. The penalty of sin is death. Very good. For the wages of sin is death. So Jesus Christ died for our sins. 
Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's part number one, death. Point number two is the burial. The burial. What does this mean? Jesus Christ carried our sins far away. (laughs) Amen. Far away. I want to take you to a verse in Psalm. Please turn with me just quickly to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. He carried our sins far away. They're buried. Boy, I wish I had a little more voice. I'd just break out and sing it to you, but I won't do that. I'll spare you that. Thanks for praying, though. Psalm 103, 12. Notice what it says. As far as the east is from the west. That's a long way, isn't it? You can't measure it. That's how far it is, okay? So far hath he removed our what? Transgressions. That's another word for sin. From us. Wow. What a gift God has given us. That means tonight, if you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, He not only died for your sins, but he took those sins and buried them as far as the east is from the west. And uh, you'll never pay for them. You'll never uh, be judged for them. Why? Because Jesus Christ was judged for them once and for all on Calvary's cross. What a blessing that is. What a responsibility that is. So humbling to even think about that, isn't it? Number three, the resurrection. The resurrection. He died to pay for our sins. He, bar- he was buried, and, this, and it carried him far away, and he was resurrected. Why? To give us eternal and as well as abundant life. This is the gospel. Death, burial, resurrection. What we want to be able to do is we want to be able to take our Bibles and explain the gospel to someone and just say, you know, right over here, let me just show you in the Bible, what it talks about the gospel. You know, the difference between religion and, and, uh, and Christianity, just so you know, Christianity is not a religion. It is not a religion. We are following the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is a relationship with God through Jesus. Let me show you the difference between every mainline religion and what Christianity teaches. It's right here in 1 Corinthians 15. It is the gospel. This is what sets us apart, really, to be honest with you, because every other group is talking about what they have to do to to please God and to appease God, if you will, and yet God sent Jesus to make it so we could see God. Isn't that something? The the, The creator of the universe sent his son so I could talk to him being a sinner. Isn't that his creation? That's just amazing. Totally different way than... the religious systems of today. So know the elements of the gospel, letter B. Know that you have had your own experience with the gospel. Look at verse 5. That he was seen of Cephas, Peter, then of the twelve. After that he was seen of Above 500 brethren at once, whom the greater part remain unto this present, 
But some are falling asleep. Some have already gone to be with the Lord. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. Last of all, he was seen of me also. Me also as the apostle Paul, as of one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But, but, by the grace of God. Paul experienced the gospel. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, oh, think about amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Paul said, his grace, which was bestowed upon me. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, his grace was bestowed upon you. God's grace was bestowed upon you. When you knelt by your bed or when you knelt by a chair or when you just called on the Lord and you got saved, you experienced the gospel right then. His grace was poured out on you. The same grace that was poured out on the Christian murderer by the name of Saul was poured out on you. And that's the difference. We have to understand and experience the gospel. It's not a, it's not a spooky thing to experience the gospel. It's the grace of God to experience the gospel. And it's freely given, and it can be freely received. It was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. So we must know that we've had our own experience with the gospel. In other words, Paul personally experienced the grace of God. It was not secondhand faith. Remember we said something about that on the Lord's Day. Someone saying in a testimony that they, were, they knew they were saved for the longest time, but only because their mom and dad said they were. It finally got to a place in their life where they couldn't take it anymore. And they said, you know, mom and dad telling me I'm saved is not good enough. I have to experience the grace of God. And that individual is now in evangelism and he's mused mightily of the Lord. And I heard him on a podcast and he said, but it came down to it. I think he was in his teenage years and he just said, I've got to get this thing settled. And now I know I'm saved because I experienced the grace of God. It's not secondhand faith. I want to ask you tonight, are you saved? Have you personally experienced the grace of God? Now, just so you don't get the idea, a lot of times we think of that word experience and we think, you know, we have to be walking down the sidewalk and we have to hear God's voice audibly audibly saying to us, you know, David, stop right there. That's not necessarily how God does it. I don't believe... Personally, God speaks to us today through his word. God speaks to us through circumstances. God speaks to us through other people. You know, God may speak to us through a dream. I'm not going to discount that. But, uh, but mainly the word of God, the spirit of God, circumstances. I don't think God has to say my name out loud to speak to me. Okay? God can, God can speak to me without that. So that's not what I'm saying to experience it that way. I'm saying have you Come to the grips with the fact that you're a sinner and without God's grace, you would go and spend eternity in hell. When you come to the grips with that and you recognize that's where I'm going, then it, would, it will humble you or you will, you will humble you, you will allow that to humble you to the place where you say, yes, please pour out your grace on me. 
That's what I mean by it's not just going through the motions. It's not just coming to church and checking the box every Sunday or putting an offering in the box on Sunday. It's experiencing the grace of God that cleanseth us. It's the only thing that can cleanse us by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And the the worst thing to do is to go to hell through a church that preaches the gospel. That's going to be the saddest thing. If you came to this church time and time again, it's not about this church or this preacher or, or, or these people, but I'm just saying you came here for months and months and months and years and years and years, and you, maybe your dad and mom told you you were saved, but you never really experienced it. There'd be no one in here tonight if a child were to say to their parents, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to get anybody, guilt anybody into getting saved again, okay? You have to know that you're saved, you have to know that you've experienced the grace of God. Not that your wife experienced it for you. Not that your husband experienced it for you. Or anybody experienced it for you. Uh, you've got to, it's personal. So please, on this night of talking about the gospel, don't leave and go out to your car and go home again and without experiencing the grace of God. Tonight, tonight, bow the knee and say, tonight. That's it. April whatever day it is, 12th, 13th. April 13th can be your second birthday. You get saved tonight. You're joining us online and you've never been saved by the grace of God. You can't get saved by praying. Praying, if praying saved, every Muslim would be going to heaven, or a lot of them. I'm not trying to be unkind or make fun, but they're probably some of the most dedicated prayers, quote unquote, in all the world. Praying doesn't take you to heaven. You must come by the way of the gospel. Death, the burial, the resurrection. Christ's first message was a gospel message. Mark 1, 14 and 15. Now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. You know, as a preacher, I, I should take note of that. You know, Jesus' first message, and if you're a preacher, and by the way, we're all preachers, but not necessarily maybe behind the pulpit, but his first message was the message of the gospel. He fulfilled that message on the cross. He fulfilled that message in the tomb, did he not, when he walked out of there? Live three days later. So, let's be acquainted with it. Number one, get acquainted with it. Number two, must give the good news. Let's give the good news. What must be done with the gospel? It must be given. As we're, as we're emphasizing this year, it must be delivered. It's great if you've received it, but if you're not delivering it, we're missing part of it, aren't we? And I'm, 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 I'm guilty at times as well. If we have the good news, let's give it. If, we've, if we're starting to learn about the good news, you don't have to be, have graduate-level gospel training, okay? Remember, it's your testimony. Say so. What's God done in your life from before you got saved, how you got saved, and now that you are saved, okay? It's, that, it's, not, it's not simple. I understand that. It is a simple message. Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. What was he saying? It's childlike faith. And that stumps a lot of people. Because a lot of people have a lot, uh, you know, a lot of brain power. So they think, and it's got to be more complicated than that. But it's not more complicated than that. 
Because if it was, then man would start thinking, yeah, I figured this out. And it would be about them, not about the grace of God. Grace of God. So what is this, this giving of the good news, the giving of the gospel? It's the work of every church and every believer. Go to Romans 1, please, quickly. Romans 1. Boy, thank you for being here tonight. What a good, what a good service. Praise the Lord for it. If you're joining us online and you're not feeling well, I know we have some anchor folks that are at home tonight. We miss you, but get well. Get well and come back and see us when you're well. And, uh, but I'm just thankful that we have something to give other people. Gospel changes our life now. By the way, the gospel is not just for eternity. The gospel is for now. If it wasn't for the gospel, where would we be? Some of us might be dead. I'm not trying to be morbid. But some of us might be alive but miserable. But tonight, because of the power of the gospel, I mean, we're not anywhere near where we ought to be yet. We've still got a lot to do, and God's got to work in us. But look where we are today. Why? The power of the gospel. The power of his word. Paul said this in verse 14. Notice verses 14 through 16. We're going to see a couple of repeated things. He says, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in, in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Three times Paul said, I am I am. What does this mean? It means it's personal. He didn't say we are. Obviously, it's under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, and that's what the Holy Spirit told him to write. It's personal. I am personally responsible, and I am personally accountable for what I do with the good news. Number one, or letter A, he said, I am debtor. Looks like, it looks like debtor, doesn't it? I am debtor. That's a silent B, I think, isn't it? I am debtor. Verse 14. Paul believed that he owed the gospel to everyone. It didn't matter their ethnicity. It didn't matter their education. It didn't matter their culture, ethnicity. He owed it to everyone to give them the gospel. The Lord Jesus is in no way prejudiced. Thankfully, the gospel's for every tribe and tongue and nation. And again, praise the Lord for these missionary letters that are up. You haven't seen those yet. I think the ones that we covered tonight are in the slots. You could see the Rymer's letter, and you could see the Lane's letter if you wanted to. It will be emailed, and you could see the, uh, the uh, Oishi's letter. Go, we shouldn't remember, forget. How can we forget his name? That's what we're talking about all five weeks. Go, go, go. Brother, go. Here we go. And I'm sure he hears that all the time. But um, uh, the Lord is not prejudiced. To have something is to owe something. That's what a debtor is. You ever heard somebody say, I owe them a great debt of gratitude? Why? Because they've been given something. If it wasn't for you, man, I owe you such a great debt, you know? I think about that many times in my, my parents, you know, 
and, uh, you know, they took care of me, fed me, did all that stuff when I was a baby, and then, you know, kept feeding me, and the little boy kept feeding me a lot and kept feeding me. You know, you look back and you say, man, I owe my parents a debt of gratitude. How could I ever repay them? It just keeps going on, you know. But God's given us the gospel. We're a debtor. To have is to owe. You remember in 2 Kings chapter 7, there were some men that had a disease. The disease of leprosy. And there were four of them. 2 Kings chapter 7. We won't go there for time, but maybe you want to write that down. And, <coughs> excuse me, God performed a miracle. And the Syrians got out of town. They left everything. Samaria. They left Samaria and got everything was there. Food, clothing, raiment. And these four leprous men came up on that, and there was nobody there. They were hungry, destitute, and they started enjoying the spoils of God's miraculous victory. That Kings 7, verse 9. And it finally reminded them of family back home, friends back home, who didn't have what they had. The verse, the verse says in verse 9, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings. And here's what they said. And we hold our peace. We've got the best news we could go back and tell our family. And here we are sitting here enjoying it all for ourselves. Can I just lovingly encourage us all tonight? We're sitting and we're immersed tonight in the gospel. It's all over us here. We have Bibles all over the place. We have gospel-type books. We have the Done book. We have tracts. We, have, we are immersed in the gospel. And for us to only have the gospel in our pocket and never give it out, it's like those leprous men saying, we have it. We have it all. They said, this day is a day of good tidings. Good news. That's the gospel. And he said, they said, we're not telling anybody about it. That's bad. So it challenges me when I read that. We've got to give it. And I praise God the opportunities we've been have to give it. So let's give it even more. Oswald Smith said, no one has the right to hear the gospel twice while there remains someone who has not heard it once. We've heard it more than once. I am a debtor, letter B. I am ready. I am ready. Most people do not think they are ready. What will I say? Where do I start? What if they have a question I can't answer? You know, I, I was challenged by this statement. And um, I'm looking here. Look at verse 15, Romans 1, 15. This really helped me. I hope it'll help you. I believe this is the secret in being ready. Romans 1, 15. So, as much as in me is. Stop right there. 
If you're saved, who is in you? God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So as much as in me is, do you believe the Holy Spirit is? Do you believe the Holy Spirit is God? Do you believe the Holy Spirit is powerful? So Paul said, so as much as in me is, then what does he say? I'm now ready. Right? It's recognizing who is in us that makes all the difference. It's not even, <laughs> it's not even about what we know. It's about who we know. It's not even about, you know, one, two, three, four, let's pray and get saved. Praise the Lord for the gospel plan. I'm not against that. But Paul said, as much as in me is, now I'm ready. So when we get to the place where we say, God's spirit is in me, I'm ready. And by the way, that's all we need. We, don't, we, we only need the spirit of God with, through the word of God. Christ is in you. We are not asked to give what we do not have. We are called to share the one who lives within us as believers. So, if you're saved tonight, you have two things in you. Not only do you have the Holy Spirit of God, but you have the truth in you. The truth is in you. You are saved by the Spirit of God. And so you have the Holy Spirit of God, and you have the truth in you. Paul talked about this in 1 Corinthians 15.10. 1 Corinthians 15.10, he said, I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Thirdly, letter C, he said, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Oh, may God help us to be bold witnesses. What are the deep convictions that will help us to be bold? Number one, everyone needs the gospel. Everyone needs the gospel. Everybody ought to know. Everybody ought to know. Everybody ought to know who Jesus is. We've got a lot of people in Vancouver that don't know. I'm so thankful the world has come here, aren't you? What a privilege it is to talk to the people from all over the world. Secondly, I'm not ashamed. What is the, helps us to be bold? Everyone needs the gospel too. The gospel is the power of God that will save those who believe. In other words, we have what every person needs. Now, number three, lastly. Number three, go with the good news. Go with the good news. We'll go back to 1 Corinthians Verse 10 says, you see the word labored, labored. The grace of God working in the heart of Paul caused him to labor. Now, let's think about laboring quickly. We'll be done. There is a rest, there's a rest, R-E-S-T, and there is a labor, in the gospel, both. We rest in the gospel and we labor in the gospel, okay? What do we rest in? Everything God did for us. Everything Jesus Christ did for us. That, that was point one, really, wasn't it? Death, burial, and resurrection. Being acquainted with the gospel. We rest in that. 
Tonight, we know we're not saved by good works. We rest in the gospel. By the way, you rest in Christ to live the Christian life as well. You can't live the Christian life in the power of you just like you can't get saved by the power of you and me. No, we, 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 we live in the gospel to be saved, but we live in the gospel to live the Christian life. So we rest in what Jesus has done for us, giving us victory eternally, but also giving us victory now. So we rest in the gospel, but secondly, we labor, we labor to get it to other people. We labor to get it to other people. We don't labor because we need to get saved. We labor because the grace of God is in us. In other words, the gospel was never meant to be stationary. What did the angel say in Luke 2, 10 and 11? The angel said there was good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. The shepherds in Luke 2, 17 What did they do? They declared what they had seen. Now it's your turn and mine to continue that message. Psalm 126, 5 and 6, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth, goeth forth. What is that? Action. And weepeth. Bearing precious seed. The word of God is the precious seed. You don't have any gospel tracts in your car or in your purse or in a couple of coats. We have tracts on the way down this side and on the way down that side. They're up in the rack. Most of them are gold-looking, spring-looking. Take some with you tonight. This is the seed of the gospel. We go forth. We never know who we're going to meet We never know who we're going to come across. And as Christians, we're not just going to Walmart. We're going to the mission field. As Christians, we're just not going to shoppers. Going to the mission field. We're not just going to the shell station. Why'd the turtle cross the road? I just gave you the answer. Get to the shell station. We're not just going to the shell station. We're going to the mission field. You get what I'm saying? Everywhere we go. Go with forth. Bearing, if you don't have it, we can't give it. We have 5,000 more seeds coming in soon. Take some with you tonight. And what will happen? Shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his what? Sheaves, that's the fruit. We got some fruit tonight on the missionary. For, For God's glory, we heard about some fruit tonight in the missionary letters. That's part of going, sending our funds across the sea, sending our funds to other provinces. But don't forget about going across the street. That's also going with precious seed. But we must go. Go is action. Christ's command to go with the gospel, commonly referred to in our our preaching as the Great Commission. It's found in five places. I don't know how much room you have left on your note there. And um, probably not much. Or on the back, maybe. I see it. Good. So, Matthew, let me just give you these references. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. We're supposed to take time and read these in the lesson time, but we're going to let you read them on your own, okay? Mark 16, 15. Luke 24, 45 to 48. 
So Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Mark 16, 15, Luke 24, 45 to 48, John 20, 21, and Acts 8, uh, 1, 8. Now, we're, we're out of time, but we gotta, still got to talk a little bit more from God's Word. Let the Word of God talk to us. One, I'll just leave you with one verse, and I, it's, uh, it's powerful. They're all powerful, but this one just will, I think it'll help us. Look at verse 34, 1 Corinthians 15, 34. Thank you so much for your patience with this uh, painful voice to listen to tonight. Awake to righteousness and sin not. I've underlined this next phrase in my Bible. It says, for some have not the knowledge of God. Now, we actually talked about a little bit about this at Seniors Coffee on Monday. What about all the people in the jungles? We do believe from the book of Romans that everyone has in their heart some knowledge of God. God's put it in every man's heart. The Bible says that they will be without excuse. But the church at Corinth, Paul says, for some have not the knowledge of God. And notice what he says, I speak this to your shame. Well, we're not the church at Corinth, but I'm sure it could be said to me. I'm sure that's a personal statement to me. Some people that I've been around don't know the knowledge of God, and that's a shame on me. I've not taken every opportunity that I could have to speak of Christ. So all of these glory of the gospel and all of this resurrection, we have this sad indictment right here in verse 34. And I trust that it will motivate us to do more with this good news. I believe we could say with James... Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. James 4.17. I don't know anyone here tonight that's saved that would say, it's not good to give the gospel. No, it is good to give the gospel. If we know that it's good, we don't do it. James says it's sin. May God help me. May God, help, may God help you to do, to do more with the gospel. And again, it's not you and me. It's the power 